That's the issue we had before. It's the issue we had before as well. Whenever I had that USB. Anyway, it's gone right now. now. Okay, I moved. I moved which port it was in. So okay. I think it helped. Okay, yay, we can start now. Now okay. we're ready. Hi. Okay, <laughs> hi, hi, hello, New York, Emily. Hello, Houston, Chelsea. I'd like to propose a toast. Welcome to Wines and Dolls, a podcast where Chelsea and Emily wine and talk about musicals. Welcome. Wine is a double one time drop. Hello. Okay. How hungover Chelsea is, as your Zoom is called. Hungover Chelsea for sure. Why are you so hungover? I had a Broadway <laughs> last night. <laughs> yeah. I always have a good time. Yes. What did you? I'm having a good time. What did you? What did you sing? I sang with Wesley. I did. Um, what did we do? Romeo and Juliet from Reefer Madness, which I was trying to figure out what that was from. adorable. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna post the full video on my Instagram later. I'll share it to Wines and Dolls. But then I did um, Mari Yeston's "This Place Is Mine." It's the the divas song. It's fun. From what? Phantom. Mari Yeston's Phantom. Yeah, you didn't say that. So what like what Did is Did I Phantom? not? I'm sorry. No, you just said Mari Yeston, and I don't think people know that Mari Yeston oh. wrote Phantom of the Opera the same time that Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote Phantom of the Opera. But so his Mari, Phantom of the Opera was right. Phantom. <laughs> just called just called Phantom. And you, you yeah. know what? It's far superior honestly it's a, it's a great musical it just didn't get the love it needed to succeed didn't have yeah. the name behind it so it came out before Andrew Lloyd Webber's um, Phantom of the Opera and it's the song Home is beautiful and the song This Place is Mine is a kick-ass song and you get to sing a high C at the end and it's awesome or B flat or something that's um, always the goal. Who's Mari Eston? What else did he write? Honestly, that might, people might know no, more. I don't remember. Oh, I, well, I'll tell you. I he know. Wrote I know nine. you're doing. You're doing. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're doing. Nine. You're doing the Mari Eston review. Review. Right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, he wrote nine, and he also wrote the music for Titanic, the musical, which oh, we should cover because yeah. Titanic musicals, bomb. Yeah, I hear. I hear people enjoy that one from time to time. Yeah. But first, hey Chelsea. Hey Emily. What are you drinking? I'm drinking iced tea that's half unsweetened from McDonald's because, <laughs> you know, I like hungover. To, I'm hungover and I like to put crap in my body. <laughs> well, it's half. It's half. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not. It could be worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Oh, they're also they're sorry, but they're mowing outside my apartment right now, so. Yay. I definitely thought that was outside my window, but I realize there's no grass in this town, so yeah, you're, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. You have no grass to mow. <laughs> no, you have you have incessant little Tweety birds oh, outside yeah. your window. Hey, Emily. Hey, Chelsea. What are you, or what are you drinking? Good. Um, I am drinking coffee. I thought I would, I saw Michael Kushner yesterday, Aww. and he inspired me to think about having a cocktail before 
noon, but then <laughs> there's only one glass of wine left, and I figured Kimberly should have it. Thanks, Michael, so. for uh, <laughs> all that. Yeah. So I'm drinking coffee. The Port Authority Starbucks baristas know me now. Nice, nice. So. Love it. I, I feel like that's a New York success. Oh, <laughs> hey, everybody. Emily's in New York this week. She's staying. I am. You're staying at Kimberly Faye Greenberg's place, right? I am at Kim's house. I'm watching her little kitty cats. Yeah, so in the background of your video, I can see um, her show poster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she is. <laughs> What yeah, I came I into her it. office. I was in her kitchen, but then I wanted to be closer to the router. Yeah. Um, and then there's a little, if I turn this, I'm afraid I'm going to mess up the microphone, but I'll take a picture later. There's a little kitty tree next to me. I love it. Well, not that you're complaining because you're in New York, but hey, Emily. Hey, Chelsea. What are you whining about today? That is an excellent question. This is, I like, I'm going to, I always have sparkling wines and I feel like this whole trip's been sparkling wines, except for one thing. I'm ready for it. So you notice my voice, like my voice was gone last week and it's still kind of gone. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, it's allergies, it's allergies. Well, I figured out, I think what my allergy might be. Is it people? Yes, but more importantly, cat people. Oh no. So I walked into Kim's, she has four kitty cats and they're so sweet. Aww. And they all love me, of course. Um, cause I'm the cat whisperer. Of course. A fun fact, I am a cat whisperer. People, I've always been able to get cats who don't like people like me. Aww. They, yeah, no, I walked in and my like throat was like, mm-hmm. Oh no. And then my nose was like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so, and then there's allergies. I mean, are up here are pretty bad. And I wouldn't say like, I would say my cat allergy is as bad as your dog allergy. So like you get a little stuffy. Yeah. But it was also one of those things where I'm like. I still want to get a pet cat for Olive, but now I think I can't. Maybe don't. <laughs> I mean, if you just take allergy meds every day, you should be fine. But yeah. at least you're not, like, super allergic and dying. That's good. No, a, a little scratchy, but, like, it's not a big... Like, I would... Like, 10 out of 10 would do it again. Yeah. <laughs> so, Aww. Yeah. That's hey, simple. Chelsea. Hey, Emily. What are you whining about? Oh, God. There's so much to whine about. First of all, I'm not in New York right now because I'm broke. And, you know, working. But we need to come up in June. I wish I could. I just, I, like, I'm taking two weeks. Okay, I am going to whine about this. I'm taking two weeks off. I, this is a good whine. I'm taking next week off because I'm going to go visit Christy up in Indiana. Ooh, haven't, Christy. Haven't seen her in a long-ass time. And then um, I have to take essentially two more weeks off in June because I'm directing a camp. And then I'm also teaching a camp. And it's like, <laughs> and by taking off, I mean, I don't get to teach voice lessons, which is, you know, a lot of the money I make. And then, the, you know, I work for a church. So it's just hard. It's really hard to take off time now, now that everything's yeah. back live. But I am going to whine mostly today because it has not stopped raining. Uh, yeah, no, I left and it was like, oh, we're going to rain oh, now. downpour. <laughs> Yeah. I think it's supposed to stop tomorrow it is. and I get on a plane and it starts raining here. Cool. It's like <laughs> it's like the places cry when you leave. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's been raining and raining and raining and I've been just trying to get to Galveston forever cuz I just, you know, the ocean is my happy place and listening to it makes me feel grounded and small again and I'm like, "Oh, okay, this is good. Okay." And so yesterday I was like, "You know what? Fuck it." So I got on the road. And I got to Galveston in an hour, 
I sat on the beach. It was the one moment. This is my sparkly wine. It was like the one moment that it wasn't raining and it was beautiful. And I got my 30 minutes of ocean time, just listening to the ocean waves, turned around, got on the road, 45 was closed and it took me three hours to get home. It was great. Houston, man. Yep. Fucking Houston. I gotta tell you, not driving has been A plus. Girl, I miss this. <laughs> I do miss the subway until you get to the weekend and it's like, oh yeah, hey, this subway's closed, this way, subway's closed. Yeah, that happened on Sunday. Um, I met up with Buried Broadway and we both were about 10 minutes late to the reservation. But we met, we showed up like the same time, but they had called and pushed back the reservation. But it was funny because it was like, it was two different trains that were delayed, but we were both the same amount of delay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I know. It, every yeah. Sunday, the, all the trains are delayed. And I'm like, why? Why today? I don't understand. But, oh, you got to meet so many cool people in real oh life. Oh, my gosh. It's been so fun. I know. Like, I could, and I can talk about it for a million years, but the thing is, I have to go and meet another cool person when we're done recording. Who are you meeting? So, I'm meeting Jonathan. Lions? Lions. He just got busted in the eye. He just got busted in the eye. He texted me, and we talked on the phone yesterday, and he was like... He gave me the story. I'm going to let him tell the story, yeah, yeah. but um, it was an accident, okay. like full like full force an accident. Poor buddy. And it kind of is like you must, he, you should rehearse things. Yeah. And that's pretty much like the, the moral of the story is rehearse before doing. Oh, God. But I'm meeting up with him because he has a, he's going to, buddy is going to be put away for a couple days Aww. and he might be back out by the time this comes out, but um, okay. he, he needs some time he to has, heal. He, yeah, so I'm just we're gonna go get coffee, and then I he has a job. So when he goes to his job, I'm going to the plaza. Nice, nice. <laughs> I'm so excited. Tea at the plaza is my favorite thing to do, and I had a feeling that I wouldn't happen this trip, but I have this like three hour time between meeting him and meeting my next person, which is a friend from childhood. And so I'm like, I'm just going to go sit at the plaza, and then I'll get done 30 minutes before I'm supposed to meet her. So it's perfect travel time. It takes an hour to get everywhere here, though. And, yeah. like, in Houston, it's 30 minutes. Yeah. But here it's an hour. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'm used to leaving early. It's just now it's like it really is an hour. Oh, yeah. I know. When, yeah. when I was up in Hamilton Heights, uh, I gave myself, like, 45 minutes wherever I was going, just in case. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if it's, like, the next stop. It's, like, 45 yeah, minutes. Yeah, 45 minutes. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. Oh yeah. gosh! Oh, real the real tea though. I'm super jelly. I like. I just want to be in New York with you so badly right now. Uh, I heard real tea, and I was like, like real estate. <laughs> no. Anyway, everyone's also like, yeah. I now have a, a New York realtor. If anyone ever needs a realtor here, I can refer you. Yes. Hey, Emily. Hey, Chelsea. What are we covering today? I am so happy and excited to cover Legally Blonde because I've Ooh. only seen this musical a hundred times on Google Video. I am. Because <laughs> AMTV did a live recording of you it. You like came prepared. Y'all, she's wearing pink. Oh, yeah. Because I was wearing a cute other outfit. And then I was like, I'm going to the plaza, so I have to dress up a little bit. Aww. So I'm wearing my pink dress with my pink headphones. She's ready. I love pink. She's ready. I, on the other hand, look fabulous this morning. <laughs> Don't lie to the listeners. <laughs> uh, you can't no, you, see you're, me. Y'all can't your see Your microphone me. looks great. The That's microphone? because you went to my house and took it. I did. I definitely <laughs> broke into your apartment. I'm like, I need to do voiceover work for Evil Spread. Yeah. <laughs> Which comes out Weird. this Friday. Yay. Right. That's tomorrow. Listen to it. No, it's not. Today's Tuesday. I know. This comes out Thursday. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, wait, Emily, you skipped days. 
So I'll be <laughs> editing this on the plane. Yes. Okay, fine. Love it. Okay. Live it, love it, leave it. Hey, Chelsea. Hey, Emily. Can you legally tell me the background of this blonde story? I can legally tell you the background of this legally blonde story. Yes. Love it. Um, there's honestly not a whole lot to it. Uh, I, this is going to be short and sweet, but you know me. Short I, and sweet. Love it. You know me. I can drag out anything. But Okay. Do, well, I know you work at a drag show, but... <laughs> So, Legally Blonde is a 2007 musical with music and lyrics by Lawrence O'Keefe and Nell Benjamin. Book is by Heather Hawk. The story is based on the novel Legally Blonde by Amanda Brown and the 2001 film of the same name starring Reese Witherspoon, whom I love and adore. Legally Blonde premiered in pre-Broadway tryouts in San Francisco In April 2007, the show moved to Broadway, opening to very mixed reviews and disappointing sales. Jerry Mitchell... Doesn't shock me. Oh, it's... Nobody liked it. I'm kind of shocked, but I've never seen the show. So Jerry Mitchell directed and choreographed this. Who is Jerry Mitchell? You remember, we've heard that name a few times. He's he's the director of like all these movie to musicals. All of them, but he's all. most notably Kinky Boots choreographer. He choreographed On Your Feet, Jekyll and Hyde, Love Never Dies, and Rocky Horror Revival. That's all. Yeah. Damn, this dude has a list. He's got a list. <laughs> he's got a he's list. Got a list. Taking names. Taking names. So Legally Blonde received seven Tony nominations and ten Drama Desk nominations, but didn't win anything. Wah, mm. wah, I mean, wah. Oh, my God. I haven't been nominated ten times for anything, so like, for what it's worth. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, my God, you guys. But you, Oh, my God, you guys. You know who really likes Legally Blonde, though? Who? The Londoners in the West End. So the <laughs> colored me shocked. Colored me shocked <laughs> because this is like this is like the the quintessential American, you know, kind of musical. Like a yeah. And so to see that on stage in another country, I think is why it did so well. So the West it's End. It's like hairspray has been running forever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the West End production opened January 2010 at the Savoy Theater, and the West End was. Uh, I'm sorry, they were nominated, sorry, the West End production was nominated for five Laurence Olivier Awards and won three, including Best New Musical Award. Hey, so they were nominated for half, but won over half. Yeah, they did really Ah. well in the West End. Good for you, West End. And there's, you know, there's Singapore, Australia, all sorts of crazy tours that they've been on with this. Oh my God! They are now weed eating right out of my apartment. Right. For what it's worth, I can't hear them, Good. but I can hear. I can hear the now. I can hear them, but I can also hear my birds. You know what? This is a very nature-packed episode. Yes. yes, it is. And this is this is y'all coming out of like, in the middle of quarantine. This would probably be better, but nah, you know. Yeah. I mean, I could go sit in my closet, but I don't want to. I would have yeah, to move. I could everything. go back to the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. So. The musical was recorded in September of 2007 and aired on MTV in October of 2007. And y'all, that was groundbreaking for the time being. It was the very first time a musical was ever aired on MTV. And for all of you young people, MTV is like the first time that music was on the television. And it's how they made popular music. Anyway, (laughs) so... (laughs) Fun fact, take... It's not just, like, take like, WAP. Yeah, no. <laughs> take On Me was the... F- I th- Wait, I might be wrong. It's either Video Killed the Radio Star... Or- oh, no, no. It's, it's, it's Take On Me was, like, one of the first MTV 
music videos that was ever premiered on MTV. Anyway, so fall. But Video Killed the Radio Star is pretty ironic. It is, right? It for MTV. <laughs> <laughs> so following this, um, reality, a reality television program aired showing the audition process for the next person to play Elle Woods on Broadway. This was what the search for the next Elle Woods is what the, the show was called. Something, Something like, like that. that. Yeah. The winner was Bailey Hanks, who played the role from July 23rd, 2008 until the production closed on October 19th, 2008. The runner-up, Autumn Holbert was Hank's understudy. And this was the first time a musical, like I said, was ever aired on MTV. I already said that. So yeah. it was pretty cool. Autumn Holbert, you know her name. I don't. Or you might. I don't remember. She worked on Frankie with Elise. Oh. Oh, that's awesome. Who was she playing? Do you remember? I do not remember off the top of my head, but she, I think I'm friends with her on Facebook. That's really cool. Okay, so, so. the production closed, like I said, October 19th, 2008, after playing 30 previews and 595 regular performances. That's not really impressive on Broadway. The run was <laughs> the run was actually considered a financial disappointment and failed. Yeah. It failed to fully recoup its investment. Yikes. That's just, yeah, 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 yikes. Yikes. Wow, I, yikes I can hear, speaking of yikes, I hear all the sounds of New York outside your apartment. Pe- Enjoy. People yelling. People yelling <laughs> know, and people honking. people yelling. Okay, so some of the original cast here, uh, there's a lot of great names, but some honorable mentions here. From the original Broadway cast, we've got Laura Bell Bundy, who's also the original Amber in Hairspray Musical. Christian Borle, who you might know from Smash, and Shakespeare, he was uh, Shakespeare in Something Rotten, but he's a TV and stage actor. Yes. He was also the narrator in various other roles in Spam a Lot. Oh, oh yeah, I didn't realize that. That's awesome. (laughs) So also we've got Miss Kate Schendel, um, who is the current Actors' Equity president, and she's uh, she was elected in 2015 and was the youngest president ever of Actors' Equity and only the third female president ever elected, which is really yes, really cool, really cool. Um, Margot was played by Annalie Ashford, who we know from Kinky Boots. I yeah, love her. she's so cute. And then I don't know DeQuinna Moore, and I haven't seen a whole lot on her, but she's done a lot of cool shit, and she's a Houston native, so holla. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's, uh, that's all I got right now, unless you see some names over here. Oh, yeah. So I want to talk real fast about Orfe. Do you know who she is? Uh, Paulette. I mean, she played so Paulette. So Orfe plays Paulette, but Orfe is kind of like... Isn't she a singer-songwriter? She is. And she's one of the choice, like, rock voices on Broadway. Um, she's tiny and she has... And cute and has, like, the rock style. There's... I mean, that's who she is. And... Um, Really, really, really impressive. And then she also um, is married to Andy Carl, who played Kyle, the UPS delivery oh, man. Oh, really? So they're married, yeah. So Orfe was actually in Pretty Woman on Broadway when that opened up. Yeah. And she played the, like, the, I don't know who it, what her name is because I'm bad at with Pretty Woman, but she's the kind of lead prostitute. And then Andy Carl was the, the lead male who, like, fell in love with Samantha Banks. Okay. Cool. So, yeah, no, so those people, like, that, like, it was just so cute because that was the first time we'd saw, like, oh, look, the couple's on the thing together. Just so cute. That is cute. So, Legally Blonde, Act 1. You ready for this? I'm ready for this. 
Okay, I should say I have seen this musical multiple times on like online. It's the MTV live version that I watch. Um, because when I was living in England, I like played it behind the back. So this is one of the first musical albums that I actually listened to. And so I kind of fell like deep dive into this musical. And I always wanted to be a Vivian. Um, when I, I did get cast in the show once and then the production didn't end up going and I was cast as Enid and I was a little annoyed that I wasn't cast as Paulette, but that was also like five years ago. So I was only 23 at the time. So I guess it makes sense, but apparently, and then I was like, you know, Enid's actually a kick-ass role. So we open with the show, uh, with this really upbeat, fun music by, um, who we say it's Lawrence O'Keefe, right? Who helped write it. Lawrence O'Keefe is also debris for madness, by the way. Yes. That's Larry. He's the one who's friends with Jenna, Larry. And so we open up the stage and there is this, um, house with a whole bunch of windows and opening the windows are the sorority sisters of UCLA's Delta Nu as they are celebrating an expected engagement for their sorority sister uh, that is none other than their president L Woods and they're all like oh my god oh my god you guys And she is expected to get uh, engaged to her boyfriend, Warner Huntington III. What a name. And so th- I know, right? Like, you want to, like, no posh and stupid. That's the name for it. Uh-huh. So this song is led by Margot, Serena, and Pilar. These are the three girls we're going to see throughout the show. Margot being Annalie Ashford, Serena being the cheerleader, and Pilar uh, being kind of the cute, ditzy, fun one. Um, but Margot is, like, the ultimate ditzy, like, <laughs> These girls are helping, um, like, they're at Elle's door with this card, and they're passing the card around, and they're like, Elle, come on, like, congratulations, and they go in her room, and she's not there, so then suddenly Bruiser, the dog, runs on, and they're like, where's Elle, and Bruiser goes, woof, woof, and they're like, she's stuck at the Old Valley Mill, woof, woof, oh, sorry, the Old Valley Mall, (laughs) our sacred bond of sisterhood. Where is Elle? <laughs> like it was like this crazy boxcar children situation, and they all the girls run to the mall to find Elle, who's trying to find the perfect dress because she's like, I can't. It's the uh, this dress must seal the deal, make a grown man kneel, but it can't come out and say bride. <laughs> So she's trying on this beautiful little long dress that she has on, or this short dress. She has this short little pink dress on, and she's in the store, and pretty much embarrasses the sales associate who tried to like down, like upsell some on sale situation for full commission. And the owner of the store comes out, goes, "I have the perfect dress for you." All the girls gather, and then here's the quick change of the century for you. So they're in the mall, right? They're all gathered around Elle trying to change her dress. And she reemerges in this long dress two seconds later. Oh, wow. Um, I watched the behind the scenes. That quick change is they have the dress stuffed up in that short pink dress that she was wearing at the top of mm-hmm. her entrance. Mm-hmm. And it was it had magnets in it. So they just, oh. and, like, just locked the magnets and the dress fell. And 
she walked out wearing this cute dress. Oh, we love a good quick change. So she found a perfect dress for her engagement. And she's like, I'm going to get married. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, you guys. Or however it ends. the perfect dress in the scene transitions <laughs> out of the mall into their dinner date um, so Warner this <laughs> so stupid the tra- there's a lot of scenes in this musical and so to get a quick easy transition you really do have to fill um, so Warner comes out as they're like shutting down the mall scene and they just start making out <laughs> on the edge of the stage and so they're making out Warner and Elle, and the mall goes away, and a table comes in for dinner. Uh And it goes, uh, so they're sitting down, eating dinner, and it goes straight into the song, Serious. Let's take some action, baby. So baby, give me your hand. I've got some dreams to make true. I've got the future all planned. Serious time to get serious with you. Being kind of a double entendre here, he's telling Elle that he wants to get more serious with her, which she thinks, oh, that means he's going to propose. But he talks about his um, how he wants to achieve his dream as getting a seat in the Senate and how she'll be his Jackie. But as he's saying, like, I want to get more serious, he goes, get, like, hey, baby, give me your hand. So she has her, she's like, which hand do I give him? Is it left or right? Uh Hands him her left hand. And then he goes, we need to break up. And then she goes, oh, yes, baby, I'll give you my hand. Break what? (laughs) Time to get serious. Check, please. And then the song ends. She got broken up with. Aww. And the violin comes out. This guy with the violin, who, he comes out and plays like the sad little violin. And Warner, uh, they, they separate. And now they are broken up. Heartbreaking. Aww. Aww. So Sirius ends. And we come back to the Delta New House. So we're inside the Delta New House. So this inside had been revealed earlier very briefly. So we're back here. It is a staircase with a door at the top. And there's a door underneath the staircase. And all the girls are standing at her door saying, like, girl, you got to get it come out of your room. Because she has stayed in her room for 12 days. And they sing about it in a song called Daughter of Delta New. This is not on the track or on the um, album. Mm -hmm. But Delta New, they always make a little triangle with their hands to make the little delta side. And then they'll turn their their finger upside down and it makes an N. So it's Delta New. Oh, cute. So you'll see that little choreography throughout. And they're trying to convince her, like, you need to get over this. And... She decides, Elle decides, just like in the movie, to chase Warner to Harvard Law School to prove that she can be serious. What, like it's hard? Right. 
And so with the help of her Delta New sisters, uh, specifically Kate, who's kind of the nerdy sister, like it's a very different, like she comes out and she has her little glasses and she's chewing gum. They're like, Kate, gum. <laughs> so she keeps spitting, she spit it out. So she's always chewing gum. But she helps Elle study for LSATs. And this song, and like this is all kind of decided in the song, What Do You Want? Girls, I have a completely brilliant plan. What you want, Warner, what you want is me. But you need to see me in a brand new domain. Well, it's plain, Warner, in a different setting. You will see you're getting all of this plus a brain. What you want, Warner, what you want is me. So she's pretty much just making the decision. I'm going to go to law school because, like, what? It's hard. So she's working on getting, as this summer, the senior year of her UCLA, and she's supposed to be going to parties and fraternity parties. She's studying. Um, at one point, Margot comes out, and she's like, come on, guys. It's time for the spring, please. Something supreme, senior supreme. And this hot guy comes out, and he's like, supreme. And Annalie Ashford goes, <gasps> to his ass and gets carried off where Elle has to be like, no, I'm focusing. Don't bother me. I'm focusing. And eventually she has to get to a personal essay. So during her focus, the house is going away and Harvard is coming in. And (laughs) this is crazy. Harvard's coming in and there's three Harvard professors. They're like, she didn't bother turning in a personal essay. Mm, How sad. But she brought us her head or she sent us her headshot. And these two kind of horny guys who work at Harvard, they're like, we should admit her for multiculturalism. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> she's a hot, hot California girl who's blonde. Um, in the movie, you'll remember it was a video that she sent yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. But in the, in the musical, what she does is she brings all of UCLA cheerleaders to Harvard and they bust into the office. They go, how's this for a personal essay? And they do this huge routine, like halftime show routine. Oh, my God. oh, what a shame. She didn't bother sending in a personal essay. How's this for a personal essay? What you want? Goodness me. What you want? Security. What you want is ready. Who are you? I'm what you want. Harvard, I'm the girl for you. And to prove it's true, we all flew here on JetBlue. Thank you. Thank you. God. In the Harvard office. And at the end, she's like whipping her head. And they go, this is not a personal essay. And <laughs> she stops. She's like, what about love? Uh, have you ever been in love? And so she asks them, have you been in love? Because that's what I want. And they go, oh, we'll admit you because you're in love. Gross. Right? Because she's motivated by love, and they go, okay, you're in. Wow. Okay. And now is she's it, in Harvard. Is it that easy to get into Harvard? I guess so. You know, you need UCLA. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You need all those cheerleaders to come in with you. Right, okay. And then you also have to have a scented, like, application. Right, of course. You have to have a headshot. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. And then you also have to be in love. Got it. With the person who is also there, who broke up with you. Oh, um. There's a checklist. Oh. How'd you do? Uh, not great. Not great. Not great. great. (laughs) I really, like, I kind of drew the line at, like, the UCLA cheerleaders. I'm like, I might be able to get Furman. (laughs) But they'll just come in and say, F you. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. So she has now been accepted into Harvard, and Elle is very excited, and we meet some of her 
highly achieved classmates in the song Harvard Variations. I want a Fulbright and a Rhodes. My, my right financial software codes. My why bother with false So this is also when we meet Emmett Forrest. He is the law teaching assistant. So he's kind of like the veteran Harvard kid who's really nerdy. He's, uh, what's his name? Wilson. I think it's Luke Wilson. Yeah. It's the other yeah. Wilson. I don't know. Not, one of the Wilsons. Not the blonde one, but the brown haired one. Yeah. That one. It's that Wilson. Yes. Still cute. They talk the same. But... We have Emmett Forrest, so that's Christian Borrell's character. And so we have Edith. She's like, I was a Peace Corps overseas documenting, documenting refugees, blah, 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 blah. And then Elle comes in in her pink. And she's like, excuse me, is this the way to Harvard? And they're like, yeah. She's like, thank you. And then they continue talking about how great they are. <laughs> so that's Harvard Variations. And then at the end of Harvard Variations, we come into the classroom. So those... Classmates who had been talking out on a park bench have now come into a classroom where Professor Callahan is teaching. And everyone in the movie, I remember that everyone pulls out their laptops and she pulls out like her little notebook, yeah. which is like a fuzzy pen. And he says, the only way to be a good lawyer is you must be a shark who smells the blood in the water. In the song, Blood in the Water. Only some of you will turn out sharks, just some. The rest... Our chum. Our topic is blood in the water. Kids, it's time you faced. Law school is a waste. Oh yes, unless you acquire a taste for blood in the water. In the song, he's asking the students questions like, what did article 4c say and he calls on l and she goes it's our first day of class and we were supposed to read and he goes and he kicks her out of class like because she couldn't oh that's a breach from the movie yeah no she couldn't remember in the movie too but it wasn't callahan's class it was the woman's class it was a woman's class so yeah it's callahan's class okay callahan's class he's like bye-bye and so she uh, gets kicked out of her class because she's underprepared. Um, and this was actually at the suggestion of the classmate Vivian Kensington, who we meet for the first time. We don't know who she is. We just know that she's kind of a bitch. Mm-hmm. So she goes out, and this is a tragedy, quote-unquote, a tragedy. And because of this tragedy, and she's down and she's negative, apparitions of her sisters of Delta Nu appear, and they come on their Greek chorus. <laughs> and they are a visible now Greek chorus throughout the show. They're visible only and audible only to Elle. And they sing the song to her uh, positive. Keep it positive. As you slap her to the floor. Keep it positive. As you pull her hair and call her whore. You can take her in a fight. You and she will reunite. You know 
positive. That one, right? Exactly. Yeah. So keep it positive. They do something like that. So um, they are pretty much saying like, you can beat this girl out because you're hotter and cuter and sexier. So just remember that. So L in the and while they're saying like just kick her to the core, keep it positive as you pull her hair and call her whore. Love that. <laughs> and but L has a realization during positive that it's not you know sexy that Warner wants. What he wants is serious, and the only way that she becomes serious is if she turns her hair brunette. Oh no. So. She goes to a hair salon. Um, it's called the Hair Affair Salon, where she meets a woman named Paulette. Who, when pa- Elle's like, I need to be brunette, Paulette's like, what? <laughs> you know, and tells her that's a terrible decision. And she counsels Elle that all bad hair decisions are motivated by love. And she ends up talking to Elle about how she wants to meet a handsome Irishman named Brendan. In the song, Ireland. Yeah. Smell the grass as the rainstorm is ending. People smile while I stroll past their farms. With a red-headed sailor named Brendan. And we dance without moving our arms. In Ireland, they know how to love you. Ooh, fun fact. Uh, fun fact. So... Yeah. People weren't super crazy about the Ireland thing uh, in the original Broadway run. And they, yeah. they thought it was just like eh, kind of a gimmick to be able to get to the, the dance later. And so yeah. in the, what was it, the first national tour, they had Paulette uh, use an Irish accent throughout so that it was more of like a motivated by finding my roots kind of thing. Oh. And, yeah. See, that's, that's interesting because like in the song... She starts describing an ad. She's like, uh, you look like the blonde girl by the beach. Oh, wait, maybe that's a, an ad from Sweden. Oh, screw it. I'll never go anyways. So she, <laughs> like her image of Ireland is very skewed. Yeah, that's uh, an interesting but, choice then that they, they made for the tour. Yeah, to later. But all she, what she knows is that she's pretty much just saying like everything's like I, nothing, mine down in my luck, but you don't have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still waiting for my man, but your man is right there, so uh, go and get him. It encourages her not to give up or downplay her personal qualities. Yeah. So at the salon, Vivian shows up, and she's discussing a party that's planned for next Friday. And Elle's like, oh, a party? I love parties. Trying to trying to uh, fit in. So she comes in, and she says... Um, I love parties, Vivian. And Vivian unexpectedly tells Elle that she can come, but it is a costume party, and only narcs don't show up in their costumes. Boo. So Elle's like, I love costume parties. So Paulette's like, oh my gosh, I got the perfect costume for you. And she sends Elle off with a costume for the party, and she encourages her in the lyrics of Ireland Reprise. The country of whiskey and love. Coffee is hitting me fun. Yeah. So Elle runs off to, as during the reprise, Elle runs off to get into a quick change into a Playboy bunny. Yeah. 
Yes. <laughs> Come on, Playboy Bunny. The bunny costume. So she, so Elle's in her cute little Playboy Bunny costume, and she walks on to realize that no one else is in costumes, and Vivian had tricked her. What a bitch. So she, you know, comes up to Vivian just like, real cute. I'm glad that you came as last season's trunk show. <gasps> just, yeah. Oh, and that's uh, a totally different line than in the movie, too. It's, it's probably something similar. Like, that was kind of the vibe of that line. I don't remember the exact girl, line. Girl, but my, It's my favorite line in the show. What does she say in the movie? Vivian's, like, nice costume. She's like, oh, I like yours, too. Except when I dress up like a frigid bitch, I try not to look so constipated. And walks oh. away. <laughs> it's my favorite. I don't think... I think it is a different line in the musical. It's a little bit more, like... It's, it's quicker yeah. and quippier. Yeah. But, oh, my God. <laughs> so, she's pissed that she's in this costume like she's not really even that sad she's just pissed and she ends up seeking out warner in her costume in an effort to win him back at the party but he remains unimpressed and he explains this in the song serious reprise don't just disappear we could keep on dreaming them here what like senior year but funner real serious he's such a douchebag but also can we just talk about how Elle went to go be serious and she went to go get be Burnett and instead she goes to the like polar opposite and she shows up at a party as a playboy buddy right <laughs> totally serious so like sexy as all hell but like we were we were working on both sides of the spectrum yeah, here yeah 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 <laughs> she doesn't quite get it so yet. when Warner's like no that's actually what upset her and she runs from the party and goes and cries on a park bench. And Emmett is there. And he comes up and he goes, what's up, Doc? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> she was dressed like a bunny. Oh. And she explains her love problems to him. You know, the guy that she just kind of sort of met. We only really met Emmett once from here. And so he assesses Elle's priorities to realize that like, because of her obsession with Warner, it's keeping her from earning his respect. And he explains how you have to take on different responsibilities and have different priorities to earn respect in the song Chip on My Shoulder. But I know it'll all be worthwhile when I win my first lucrative trial and buy my mom that great big house out on the Cape. Oh, that's so sweet. No, that's the chip on my shoulder. I hugged my mom and told her the chance I've been given I'm gonna be driven as hell though I can't take the day off I just think of the payoff you need a chip on your shoulder little miss woods comma L I just need to prove to everyone that I'm serious what you need is to get to work it takes the entire song for her to get to this point so Emmett's pretty much just like, I'm at, I'm at Harvard Law. Like, I'm here not to win anyone's love. I'm here for me so I can buy my mom at Beach House that she's always wanted. Aww. And I worked I worked five jobs to get here, and I studied my ass off and because I want to help my mom. And then she's like, oh, I need to study to get Warner. Like, oh, my God. 
Girl. So she's like, I got a chip by my shoulder. So that's like, ah. But we're getting places. We're getting we're places. getting places. for what it's worth. We're it's we're here. It's happening. I like that they they kind of look into Emmett and his character a little bit more on the stage. That's nice. Emmett's cute. I know. I think I saw the musical before I saw the movie, and I'm like, oh, Emmett isn't actually a human in this musical. Where in the movie, it felt like he was just kind of an accessory. He's like there. Yeah, he is definitely yeah. an accessory. I think Reese Witherspoon's performance is so brilliant. Mm-hmm. It was like hard to compete with her on screen yeah we're here it is a little bit more balanced though like as as brilliant as they all are it's like they're pretty equal Mm -hmm. um so she's now freed from her need to please warner she is going to study to make it and he comes in her like books are still like cellophane (laughs) <laughs> um, like it hadn't even been opened. Nice. And this like and Chip on the Shoulder is a log song. It goes and it goes through many scenes. It starts on the park bench. Um, we go into like seasons where Warner comes in and says bye and he's going to um like Christmas and Elle spending Christmas studying with Emmett. So they're spending a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. And we're getting through the first semester of school. Mm-hmm. So now she has gotten through her, like, need to please him, and we end up, at after Chip on My Shoulder, back in the classroom, in Callahan's classroom, where they're having a debate about uh, child abandonment. And, the like, it's Warner's, like, he does, this guy doesn't have any custody um, because he's just a sperm donor or something like that. Like, or like if a sperm donor donor doesn't have custody, why should he have to place child's pay sh- child support? And L actually makes a point saying, well, if, or he's trying to claim custody, but because he doesn't try and claim custody on all of his other sperms that he donated, then he can just be, uh, tried for reckless abandonment. Mm-hmm. And ultimately... This is actually still during Chip on My Shoulder. I'm so sorry. This song's still going. Um, ultimately, Elle wins the argument and, won- and wins the case and now has outsmarted Warner. A. A. So Elle helps. So after the song is over, Elle ends up using her newfound confidence in law to help Paula get her dog back from her ex-boyfriend using legal jargon and demonstrating that she understands law. Heretofore. And what? Never mind. It's one of the lines in the movie. What does she say? Yeah, no, I don't um, remember. She's like, um, heretofore, uh, you need to give us the dog. He's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, and you, like the trailer park that you own, it is a really quick scene. Yeah. Um, like Elle comes in and she's, they go up to this little trailer park. This set, I want to know how much it costs because, like, holy hell, is there so much going on? These pieces are huge. I'll look it up. I'm like, look it up. They definitely didn't recoup their costs, so. I'm, yeah. So Elle has now kind of semi won two cases. She won the first case in class, and now she's gotten Paulette's dog back. And they're all trying to get this internship. It's Callahan's coveted internship that if you can get a place in his internship, you will get a job outside of law school when you graduate. Like, you, like this is the only way that this can happen. So this is what she's been studying to get. And everyone's outside Callahan's door, and they're looking at the list. 
And Edith Hoops gets in, Warner gets in, and Vivian gets in. And Vivian and Warner are like, oh, we're in together. And Warner goes, well, this is perfect. And he proposes to Vivian right there. Oh, shit. In front of, like, all these students in the middle of the class in the hallway. Oh, that's different from the movie, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yikes. Vivian accepts, and he she kisses him. And Elle is absolutely devastated. And she's just like, what did I do? Why did I work for this? But Emmett is standing next to her, like, poking her shoulder with the intern list. And she's just like, and he's like, but. And so she's like, she's having this, like, ballad. All this time I spent, da-da-da-da-da, you would love me again. And Emmett hands her the list. And she's like, what? And then she goes, whoa, is that my name up on that list? And she realizes that she, too, has made the internship. So she'll be working alongside the man that she loves. And she sings about it in the song so much better. Whoa! Is that my name up on that list? Does someone know that I exist? Is this a mistake? Am I even awake? Pinch me now to make Exactly. Like, this is all out in the middle of all these people, all the students. She's like, um, oh, they're like, this this is better than making love with you all night. Uh, And I'm like, oh, or like the hot tub. Yeah. We're like, oh, 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 much better. I am so much better. Okay. So she's so much better. And as she's singing the song, the, um, she calls like her mother. She has the list. The Greek chorus shows up on this double. Uh, they go have a double level, so they're above the hallway. And all the students dissipate, and she continues singing so much better for the ending of Act One. Yes. So we got in through Act One. Okay. All right, act Two. <coughs> okay, we're here. we're here. We're back at Act Two. We're here. I was like, this is a lot of musical, but it's a lot of music and a lot of things happening in the music. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> here we are. So Act Two begins with Fitness Queen Brooke Windham hey. and her fitness team doing a workout video in the song Whipped Into Shape. I'm talking to the woman who wants it all, gotta pay for what you get. Cause size two clothes don't come to those too lazy to sweat. I want you whipped into shape. When I say just say how high, you know you're doing it right. When you start to cry, if you don't look like you should, you got to whip it, whip it, whip it good. That's a hard-ass song. 
Yes. So I was re- watching an article, like, how did you get ready for this? And they would be like, we had to jump rope for five minutes every day. Oh, my at least. God. Just, like, on top of rehearsal. Because Whipped Into the Shape, Brooke Windham is um, just like in a typical workout video. They're like, come on, ladies. Yeah. You got to look great. And they are in um, their orange jumpsuits because Brooke Windham is in jail. And this video is being viewed by Elle Callahan, Emmett, Vivian, Warner, and Enid. At the end of the song, towards the end of the song, they're using, they're talking about jump ropes, and they're like, you can use this jump rope to strangle your lover. Uh-huh. Um, now, whether or not that's more of like the imaginary part of that video or not, it is being viewed by this intern team because Brooke is actually um, in jail having been accused of murdering her billionaire husband. So that's what they're working on. Okay. Callahan is the legal team for for this case. So they're at the jail. The legal team is unable to get Brooke to tell them her alibi. This is the big thing. Brooke will not tell anyone where she was when her husband was killed. And she but she refuses to plead guilty because they're trying to get a um a plea. I forget. Yeah, a plea a, gu- a guilty plea, but it's a plea bargain. Yeah. That's they're trying to get a plea bargain. So the, all the interns are pissed. Callahan's pissed. Everyone's pissed that they can't get this alibi because an alibi would be able to save her and have them save the case, but she won't give it. And as Elle's leaving, she goes, by the way, you helped me get into the, the July uh, calendar for Delta Nu cal- like, calendar like she was like because she was so hot. It was a hot girl calendar. And Brooke is also a Delta New sister. And they sit there and they sing, Delta New, 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 Delta New, New, New. You are a Delta New. So they realize that they are connected. And Brooke ends up telling Elle her alibi. Oh. Do you know what she was doing? I do, if it's the same as the movie. She was getting liposuction. Yep. Would you follow someone in the workout realm if you knew they had gotten liposuction? No. And it's so funny. She literally goes like, I got liposuction. And Elle goes, no. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. It's so dramatic. (laughs) But she doesn't want the public to discover this because it will destroy her fitness empire. So she makes Elle promise not to tell anyone. Mm Mm-hmm. And Elle is very loyal to her sorority sister. And so when she comes in to her legal team, she goes, I have great news. Um, She is innocent because I know her alibi. And they're like, well, what is it? And she goes, I can't tell you that. Mm -hmm. So now everyone's pissy that Elle knows this alibi and won't tell her legal team. Elle won't tell. Because of their sorority loyalties. Snitches get stitches. Exactly. And so because she can't, she won't tell them, the group shuns her and consequently ends up shunning Emmett as well because Emmett stood up for her for keeping, um, keeping the trust of the client. And everyone's like, no, she just needs to tell us what it is. So Emmett's kind of pissed because, I mean, he's worked so hard to get to a place where he would be like, have a job outside of college or outside of grad school. Mm-hmm. Like that we learned about in chip on my shoulder. And so he's a little like, I'm going to, I'm not going to be able to 
impress Callahan now. But Elle's like, you know, the only way to really impress him is you need to look the part. And she ends up giving him a makeover in the song, Take It Like a Man. Think of the guy you want most to be. Not quite the guy I'd have chose to be. But when she's standing so close to me, I think I like her plan. Here's your chance to make it. A chance to make it. During the song, we've switched from, like, the courtroom conference room into the mall. And they're, like, coming up to him, spraying him with stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, it's love. It is? Yeah. From Calvin Klein or something like that. Yeah. He starts starts to, like, realize he's falling in love with Elle, right? Around this Mm -hmm. time. Okay. This is a a time he starts to realize he loves Elle. Yeah. And that he'll do anything for her Aww. while she's still chasing Callahan or Warner. Yeah. So, fast forward, we're back at the salon, and Elle is getting a manicure when a sexy UPS courier named Kyle walks into the salon to deliver a package hey. to Paulette. Paulette is like, and she can't speak. She's just like staring at him. She's like, and Elle's like, hello. Hello, and ends up signing the package. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, thanks. And then walks out. So like she, this whole time, she's just frozen in place. Aww. And because Pellet just has such low self-confidence. And when he leaves, Pilar, Serena, and Margot um, are summoned by Pellet's amazing bend and snap when she goes to pick up the package that Kyle left she's like i'll never get anything and she bends and she snaps and then those three girls just pop up and they're like oh my god did you see that and the sorority girls tell paulette that she needs to use the bend and snap dance move to move on uh, dance move on kyle to turn him on um and this is all explained to her in the song bend and snap Primarily by Serena, who is uh, the cheerleading character. Okay. So she's in her little cheerleading costume with, um, she has wedged tennis shoes the whole show. Because mm-hmm. the three girls, these three girls, Pilar, Margot, and Serena, all have kind of different personalities within a sorority group. Margot, who's like dumb blonde, Serena being the cheerleader, and then Pilar being like the sassy, fashionable girl. Mm-hmm. Um, who's like outspoken. Yeah. And so they're teaching her the bend and snap. And this is a whole big dance movie or dance song. So at one point, Paulette bends and snaps. 
and all these men go, <laughs> and she goes, look at, like, she starts thinking, like, she's realizing, like, oh, I am hot. I am great. And she ends up, Kyle comes back because he left his stylus, <laughs> his pen. And they go, they all look at Paulette, and she goes to bend. And they go, bend and snap. And as she snaps back up, she accidentally breaks Kyle's nose. Yay. Yay. And then she goes, oh, crap. And then blackout. <laughs> so that song all happens in the salon for that all to get cleared away to be back at the trial. And the trial set is definitely courtroom. Mm-hmm. It's You got brown courtroom. And at this point, Elle has changed her outfit she was seen as like bright pinks throughout you saw her in some blues and navies and right now she's in a green okay. little like skirt suit um so it's a dark forest green still color ish but not black mm-hmm. it's really pretty actually so at the trial brooks pool boy nikos claims that he was having an affair with brooke giving her a motive to murder her husband but L like they take a they take a recess and L sees him and has some like inklings about Nikos and he's getting water or standing and what looking at his phone and she bends and snaps in front of him. And this is a whole like silent sequence. She like takes her files and kind of looks at him and takes them, drops them, bends, snaps and looks back at him and he made no like he didn't look at her. Uh. So that she walks up with her ass like stuck out, like just like like backing up into him and does it again, and he's she's getting no response. So she takes she picks up her file, she goes, mm, and she comes up to the legal team and she goes, Nikos is gay. They couldn't have been having a, an affair. Oh my gosh. I and, I like that they went in that direction, but also yeah. how, how like assuming of you. But uh because in the movie he makes a comment about her last season Prada shoes. He's like, don't you tap your last season Prada shoes at me, honey. And then she goes into the courtroom and she's like, he's gay because he doesn't, or because he knows shoes. I'm like, yeah. I'm glad they went in another direction with that in the musical. <laughs> in the musical, yeah. It's definitely, um, they went in the direction of he wasn't looking at her ass. Right, right. <laughs> And it's just very funny because she's like, she tells the team and the, it begins the song, They're Right There. They're right there. Look at that tan, well-tinted skin. Look at the killer shape he's in. Look at that slightly stubbly chin. Oh, please, he's gay. Totally gay. I'm not about to celebrate. Every trait could indicate a totally straight expatriate. This guy's not gay. I say not gay. That is the elephant in the room. Well, is it relevant to assume that a man who wears perfume is automatically radically fake? But look at his quaffed and crispy locks. Look at his silk translucent socks. There's the eternal paradox. Look what we're seeing. What are we seeing? Is he gay? Or European? Because they're back in the courtroom, and she's like, there, there, right there. Look at his perfect, da, 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 look at the perfect shape he's in. Look at his slightly slightly chin. I'm here, please, he's gay, totally gay. And eventually, Callahan's like, is he gay? Of course he's gay. Or European. Oh, uh, and they all sit back to then sing this song. Is this why the West End loves us? Oh, my gosh, it's so funny. This is my favorite song. Ah. And they all sing, 
gay or European. So many shades of gray. It's automatically, radically, ironically, chronically, certainly about like they're during the song they're pointing out his like perceived flamboyance might just be the cultural difference because he's European mm-hmm. but Emmett's like I got this I can fix this and he comes up and he goes Nico's your um your I don't know employer's name is Brooke and your boyfriend's name is Carlos okay thank you and that was the line, like, he slipped up because he's, like, boyfriend. He admitted that he has a boyfriend named Carlos. Yeah. And he goes, oh, excuse me, you said boyfriend. I thought you said best friend. And Carlos jumps up and goes, you bitch. <laughs> oh, please, he's gay and European. I have a big announcement. This man is gay and European. Whoa. And neither is his place. Oh. You gotta stop your being a completely closet case. Oh. This may not hurt his seeing. No matter what he say, I swear he never, ever, ever swing the other way. You are so gay, you big parfait, you flaming one man cabaret. I'm straight. You were not yesterday. So if I may, I'm proud to say, he's So Carlos is is sick of this like this nature that this gay boyfriend is relying, and he appears to the gallery and tells everyone about Nico's homosexuality. And so Nico's by the end of it does confess that he is indeed gay and European. <laughs> Thus ends the song. Oh my gosh! So later that night, we transition into Elle's or into Callahan's office, where Callahan has called in L to celebrate her ability to keep the trust of the client, being Brooke, and find this ad about Nikos. Um, Warner finds problems with calling a finely tuned awareness of homosexuality a legal victory, but Callahan is annoyed with Warner and pretty much tells him to leave, to go get coffee. So he's, like, truly making Warner this little intern mm-hmm. and treating him lowly compared to the other interns, especially Elle. And then he tells Emmett to go. So the only intern that's left is Elle in the room. Where he goes, wow, you did a great job. And in the movie, he kind of like feels her up. Yeah. In the musical, he tries to kiss Elle. Oh. And so he leans in for a kiss and she slaps him. Like, he like does succeed in kissing her. And she slaps him. And in turn, Callahan's like, so you aren't going to be a shark with blood in the water, sniffing out the blood. Um, so you're fired. Oh, my God. And he ends up firing her in the room. What a douche. Meanwhile, though, the real douche canoes, Warner and Vivian both see the kiss through the door. And so Warner turns away in anger and leaving Vivian to be the only witness of the slap. So Warner thinks that Callahan and Elle are having a fling, where Vivian sees that maybe it's something else. This is a total um, change. Mm-hmm. Huh, okay. And so 
Callahan leaves, and Warner re-enters the office and mocks Elle, but Vivian tells him to shut up, and they both leave. So Elle is defeated and prepares to go home in the song Legally Blonde. This is a sad little ballad, and she runs to her room, and she explains to Emmett, who's at the door, knocking at the door, trying to get her to come out. And she goes, Callahan kissed me, and then he fired me, and I just don't need to be here. And Emmett's like, but I love you. Aww. Right? So Elle, the next day, she's like, it doesn't matter. I don't belong here. So the next day, Elle goes to the hair affair to say goodbye to Paulette, but before she can leave, in her, like, boohoo weepy moment, Vivian and Edith uh, come in, and they're like, no, you're not leaving. And they end up convincing Elle that it's not her fault. Like, it's, it shouldn't be her who leaves. It's Callahan. Callahan's the monster here. And so Elle, having been in her Navy suits and her, like, neutral suits, they're like, the only way you can do this is you need to go back in and you need to win this case for you because fuck Callahan. She's like, well, if I do it, I'm going to do it my way. And she goes and puts on her little pink suit. And she heads back into the courtroom with a parade behind her, um, having Enid and Vivian and Emmett all on her side and Brooke. And on the way to the courtroom, though, they meet Kyle who has taken a liking to Paulette Yay. and reveals himself to be Irish. Cause she's like, Kyle B. What is the, like his middle name starts with B. What does the B stand for? Brendan. Uh. <gasps> and they end up into this little Irish dance where they're dancing with no arms. And this is all taking place in the song Legally Blonde remix. Back in the blonde ballad earlier now we have our little remix and so the parade happened kyle and paulette had their little irish dance this is a little long ass song and they walk into the trial and brooke is with her little parade with l and brooke goes up to callahan and fires him and hires l how you can do that they're like well you can't do that because that she's not technically Bar uh, supervised, supervised by somebody who is certified and emmett's like no 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 i'm going to Sponsor her with my certification. Sweet. Yeah. So now Emmett kind of had also a change because he's not in the business of impressing Callahan anymore. Yeah. And then we go into the famous trial. So up on the stand is Brooke's stepdaughter, Chutney. Which one? She goes up to the witness stand. I know, right? Chutney. Mango Chutney. Mango Chutney. (laughs) Put it on some chicken. And she goes up to the te- like to the stand, and her testimony is very damning to Brooke, stating that she got out of the shower, 
and she saw Brooke was covered in her father's blood. But uh, she explains, like, Elle's like, well, what did you do that day? She's like, I went and got a perm that day. It was the day of the murder. Like, what, like I was getting a perm. And Elle realizes there's a flaw in Chutney's alibi. So Elle explains, like, she's like, we should move to the scene of the crime, um, to the bathroom where this murder t- took place in the song Scene of the Crime. Okay. I don't remember the song being on the album, so I don't think we're here. I'm going to be able to hear this. But um, as a demonstration, Elle asks Paulette to give Enid a perm and asks Enid to step into the shower. Oh, I do remember this. They bring, like, a shower out. And so Enid gets a perm from Paulette. And then she gets into the shower um, upon entering the crime scene. And she comes back out, and her hair is flat. And so this whole thing is Elle relying on her knowledge of hair maintenance. And she asks, like, how many perms do you think you've gotten throughout your life? She's like, I don't know, one every several years or every several months. And so Elle's demonstration is successful as Enid walks out of the shower to find that her hair has, her curls have fallen, revealing that Chutney could not possibly have showered immediately after getting a perm because her perm was still intact. So under the intense questioning, Chutney ends up confessing that she killed her father, thinking that it was Brooke in the song, Oh My God, You Guys, Reprise. So Chutney is arrested and Brooke is set free. Yes. Yay. Brooke is free. Elle made a big success. She did it. And everyone's very impressed, including Warner, who comes up to Elle and goes, you're right, you are serious. And he proposes to Elle. What a dick. What a dick. But, like, what happened to Vivian? Well, Vivian had the right mind to uh, dump him after this whole fiasco when she saw that Mm -hmm. Callahan had tried to force herself or force himself upon Elle. And Warner was such a dick about it. So Vivian dumped him. And so Warner proposes to Elle, and Elle goes, Meh. no. <laughs> no. And it was very kind. It was very gentle and kind, but she claims um, to have changed. She's been changed by this whole experience. Mm-hmm. So she's like, no, I just want to do law school. I just want to study. I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want this anymore. I don't want to just get married. And so then we have this, in the song, Find My Way. To thine own self be true. And it must follow, as the night the day, thou canst not then be false to any man. I believe this wise statement best applies to a woman, a blonde woman. Over the past three years, she taught me and showed us all that being true to yourself never goes out of style. Ladies and gentlemen, our valedictorian, Elva! She gives her big speech. Whistle proud, but Elle's not one to preach. Um, starts to begin as the scene transitions into three years later uh, at the graduation, where Elle is the valedictorian of her class. Paulette tells the audience, this is a song sung by Paulette, where she's like, where are they now? And Elle starts to give her speech, but Paulette goes... Um, Elle is not one to brag about her being valedictorian, but she decided to allow me to play the Where Are We Now speech. So Paulette says that Enid practices family law. Vivian is training for the Peace Corps. Warner dropped out to pursue a modeling career. (laughs) 
Callahan ran for governor but was defeated, and his wife hired Emmett to handle their divorce. (laughs) (coughs) Paulette married Kyle, and they had two kids in the last three years. Oh, jeez. Which are technically, um, and they were pregnant with their third. Did you know that if you are, like, if you were born in January and then your mom got pregnant and had a baby in, like, December, so you're born in the same year, it's called Irish twins. Yeah. And what and what is He's that? Irish. What? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And Irish twins have three years and three kids. Hmm. <laughs> so there were some Irish twins, I'm sure, happening there. Um, and they live in Worcester, Massachusetts. And Paulette was able to buy a new salon. But as Find My Way starts to wrap up, we go back to Elle at her graduation, and she's finishing up her speech. And at the end of her speech, she proposes to Emmett. Yes. Please make me the happiest woman I know. Oh my, oh my, oh my God. Oh my, oh my, oh my God. 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 And Emmett accepts in the so- in the finale. That's so cute. Yay! Yay! Thus ends Legally Blonde, the musical. That's so cute. Have yourself a super day. It's just a, such a cute little like feel good musical. Yeah, I love this movie. I watch it whenever I need to feel uplifted or happy. That's how I feel about the musical. I watch it whenever I need to feel uplifted or happy. Yes, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, this is like, it's on, I have a playlist on Spotify of musicals that I really like. So like Freaky Friday, Legally Blonde, Book of Mormon. Oh my gosh, I have to tell you, I should have turned on Legally Blonde. I didn't even think about it. During my photo shoot, I was having a crash between like outfits. I, I had done two outfits and I had four more. Yeah. And I was like, I need coffee or a shot or something. And, and Michael's like, you're just going to have to rally. And I go, turn on Book of Mormon. Ah, yes. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm good now. <laughs> I believe. That's so good. He was like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. But now I'm thinking about it. I was like, I should turn on Legally Blonde, too. Because that's like it's, it's just as much of a pep song, like pep album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what a good show. Thanks, Emily. I did find Catherine Schindel. I was like, her name sounds really familiar. And she's such a great Beltress. I realized why I knew her, though. She played Mad Hatter in Wonderland in 2011. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was also, did you notice that she was also Miss America? I did know that. That's on her. I had no idea. It's on her Wikipedia page. I was like, oh my gosh, this bitch was was, was uh, Miss America. It's amazing. And the youngest president of AEA. Anyways, in the meantime, you know who I love? Our patrons. 
I do love our patrons. If you would like to become a patron, you can join them at www.patreon.com slash winesanddolls, where you will see all of our extra fun content. I'm very excited. I'll be at the plaza today, and I have a little notebook, and I'll be thinking of things to do on Patreon. I'm like, I've been thinking, because I, I have all my little sub-series that I'm like, want to add. Mm-hmm. So, that's what I'll be working on today. But yeah, it helps us in many ways. It helps us uh, with our website, being able to renew it with equipment and potentially getting our video production up and running as well. Yeah. But you can also support us in other ways by subscribing to this podcast and where you're listening. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please roll down to the bottom and uh, leave us a five-star review. And if you would like to follow us on Instagram, social medias, any of the social medias, you can find us at Wines and Dolls. And you can find any other information you would like to share with us at winesanddolls.com. And shoot us an email at winesanddolls at gmail.com. And with that, I'm Chelsea. I'm Emily. And this has been Wines Wines and and Dolls. And Hungover Chelsea. Bye. Jesus, Chelsea. (laughs) You're like dead.